Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, August 9th. And if you are one of my, you know, very astute, observant dosers, you're going to say, wait, I don't understand. You just had an episode today on August 9th. I just listened to it. I just watched it on YouTube. I just watched you do it on TikTok. This is not it. You're right. I did record an entire 35, 40 minute episode, talked about all the hot topics. And then I got a comment on my YouTube saying, your audio sounds different. And I listened and I realized my, my microphone that I used for the podcast was not connected to my recording device. So basically you were getting my computer like microphone, the built-in microphone. Not going to happen. Not going to fly over on Daily Dose of Donna at this stage in the game. I had an extra hour between me, this, and my next appointment. So I've decided to forego my lunch, which is sitting right here on my desk, and I'm re-recording the episode. And it's actually okay because the conversation that we have today, there have been some updates since I recorded. So this actually works out perfectly. Let's get into it. Those of you that are new here, my name is Donna Bowling. I record this this show five days a week, Daily Dose of Donna. It's a pop culture reality TV you know, celeb gossip conversation, and usually around 30 minutes a day, it gives you your little quick hit of pop culture, your little dose that you need to uh, know before you, you know, go on uh, uh, your day with your friends and hanging out with your people. And I love uh, bringing you just kind of my observations and my thoughts. If you haven't already joined the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna, it's on Facebook. It's a free group. We're over 650 members at this point. We're almost 700. It's a great conversation over there. And then, of course, I have my Patreon community, which is uh, getting a new episode later today, every Wednesday. And if you haven't already, followed me over on TikTok at This Is Donna Bowling and, um, and on Instagram at This Is Donna Bowling. All links are below. <clears throat> okay, y'all, let's get into it. Um, I will talk about what I talked about on the rec- the first recording today when I had bad audio and with some updates. So, so many crazy things have been happening in this kind of Bravo sphere recently. Obviously we know about the Bethany and, um, Bethany and co legal letter that got sent to NBC Universal and Bravo. And I will say Everything that is written about in this letter was kind of brought to a head this week because I don't watch this show currently, but I am catching up. I am currently on episode one or two, episode two of the second season of Below Deck Down Under. Below Deck Down Under is one of the many franchises of Below Deck on Bravo. It's a very, very popular show. It's a one hour show that kind of covers and follows the yachting crew of these like super yachts, right? These really expensive, you can rent out the yacht for a few days and kind of go around and play water sports and eat all the fancy food. You have a chef, you have tons of um, crew members, you have, you know, women that are taking care of you in the interior in terms of like 
doing all your laundry and making your beds. Of course, you have the most amazing food by the chefs. You have these deckhands outside that are helping you with everything possible. It's really a luxury experience, right? So this is the down under version, meaning obviously Australia. And this is a show that I think has a lot of fans, but it never has like been front and center in the news like it has been this week. So I will tell you, trigger warning for any um, potential people out there that don't want to hear anything about um, sexual misconduct, spousal abuse type of conversation. This is what this is about. The reason why I started watching this week is because you guys told me, Donna, you have to see what's going on. This is insane. Essentially what happened in this episode is that there was, and remember, I'm telling you this and I have to say this because I am only going off the clips I've seen and the articles I've read, but I have not personally watched it yet, like the episode in its entirety. But there's a variety of crew members. We're on the sixth, seventh episode. They've been now on a few different, um, they've had a few different rounds of guests. So they've known each other a few weeks probably, still very new. And there is one girl, her name is Margo. She works in the crew and she is um, very cute from Wisconsin. I just met her in the episode yesterday. And then of course there is Luke. Luke is another guy who's an Australian. um, I'm pretty sure he's Australian. Pretty sure. Australian deckhand. He is the, I want to say he's the bosun. I could be wrong, but he's, which means basically he's kind of the guy in charge of the outdoor, um, you know, the deck, right? Like all of the ropes and the anchor and the toys and the cleaning of the, you guys, I don't work on a boat. Don't at me for that. You can at me for other things, but okay. So already in this first and second episode, you can kind of tell like he has the his he has the hots for this Margot girl. He seems to really like flirt with her. She's just friendly back. And then there is, yes, he has the bosun, which is like the head deckhand. Then um she in the in the trailer for the next episode that I saw, they're out and about because they go out every time, like once the guests leave and they get paid and they clean up, then they go out on the town. That's kind of the way the show works. So they're out and they're drinking and Margot, the girl, he gets something from her and then just like plants a huge kiss on her lips. So that's what I see in the trailers. And the reason why that's important is because a few episodes down the line and without knowing kind of the the um trajectory of their friendship slash relationship, which I don't think is a strong one. In episode seven, we see something incredibly disturbing, which is basically they are all hammered. They've gone out. They're just wasted. And apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently um, Margot passes out in the car on the way back to the boat. Everyone's drunk. Everyone is totally, you know, partying and having fun. They get back to the boat. And production and camera crews are there. And they film Luke, who is this bosun, the guy that I said to you about earlier, without any clothes on. He's just got a towel over his um, lower nether region. And he starts to go upstairs into uh, Margot's bunk bed. And she's clearly sleeping. Like her back is turned. She's got clothes on. She's like done for the night. And I think she even says to him, and I could be wrong, like something along the lines of like, it's sleepy time. Okay. She wants to go to bed and he is insisting on sleeping with her, which is never okay. It's never okay. And there's no excuse, alcohol, flirting, um, 
to make it okay unless, you know, this was their shared bed, like unless they had a marriage or a relationship that they were, it's never okay. So she goes and, um, and you know, she's not really aware. I don't think of what's even fully happening, but production, thank God at this point steps in and they open the door and they say, Luke, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta go. And, um, he comes downstairs from the bunk bed. He says something along the lines of like, it's not a big deal. Like it's, it's no big deal, whatever. And she, she just basically like loses, or I'm sorry, he loses his mind and like pushes the door closed, like slams the door into production. She, um, is still passed out this whole time production then pushes the door back open and they're like, you gotta go. They turn on all the lights and then cast and crew starts to get more involved and they eventually pull him out, which he then goes and locks himself in the bathroom realizing like, oh shit. And that's all I saw from the episode. We do know from news articles that Laura, who's another one of the crew members, basically condones his behavior, basically says something along the lines of, you know, it was a joke or something kind of silly and stupid. And both Luke and Laura, is that really their names? Any like old school, um, what was it? It wasn't One Life to Live. Luke and Laura were from another another world. What was it? <laughs> Someone help me. Um, anyway, so General Hospital. Thank you. I was like, another world, a one life to live? I knew it wasn't Days of Our Lives. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. I love you, TikTokers. General Hospital is coming in hot. So yeah, they both get get fired. And this is a big conversation because the timing is so insane, right? With everything going on about Bethany coming out saying that, you know, these people are really put under precarious situations and producers want to, you know, put them in under really uncomfortable situations and this and that. I'm a the believer. I am a believer that most times, not all, but knowing a lot of people in reality TV, my husband being one of them, and knowing who he's worked with in the past, I am a, 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 I am a believer that most are good. Most producers and most production companies do want well. That being said, there are still TV to make. But these kinds of scenarios, safety, life and death, really, really horrible traumatic situations, they will step in. They'll step in when there is a situation with, you know, danger, when um, apparently in a, in a former uh, episode of um, another franchise of Below Deck, someone fell into the water, they stepped in to grab him. I know they've stepped in on Real Housewives when there was like boat incidents. They'll step in in dangerous situations. And this was absolutely a dangerous situation and it could have been a whole lot worse for Margot if production and crew weren't around to step in. And then this brings up this whole conversation about alcohol. So earlier when I recorded the episode, we talked about the alcohol consumption and there are shows out there that are very, very limiting, reality shows that are limiting with our alcohol. So I mentioned earlier that you like The Bachelor, for example, is a union show. And if you notice when you watch The Bachelor, most times, sometimes it does happen because I'm sure there's ways around, but some most of the time, the people aren't falling apart drunk. You're not getting that same kind of Luann in a bush, um, you know, Sonia slurring her words, Jersey Shore, Snooki falling in the middle of the ground kind of energy 
on shows like The Bachelor. You may get a girl or a guy that's like a little bit too buzzed and says something a little uncomfortable, but you're usually not getting this like incredible um, intoxicated vibe. That being said, um, that being said, the reason why is because shows like The Bachelor have a limit, a drink limit. They literally give you two drinks for the night from the rose ceremonies. And remember, sometimes these rose ceremonies start at 7 or 8 p.m. and they go until 3 p.m., the filming of it. Legit. So not every show out there is like piling on alcohol. I also think it's important to, to talk about the fact that these are adults who are choosing to drink. This is not a scenario like Laguna Beach where they're like, you know, kids and producers are like filling their solo red cups with gin or whatever. This is a a situation where if you take an episode of Real Housewives or Vanderpump or Below Deck, they are adults. They want to go out and they want to have fun and they want to drink. Not everyone has to, but they do. And I think that a lot of that is just normal adult behavior, right? Like if you're a drinker or someone that isn't sober, you're going to go out and you're going to drink. Um. And especially if you're on a vacation or it's your night one night off and, you know, you're having a girl's night, like you can see how this can happen. But it can easily, alcohol especially being involved, can easily go from fun, fun, fun to absolutely crossing the line. No, no, no. Right? So production stepped in, which was the right move. And I think it actually looks really good for Bravo and NBC Universal given the circumstances. And it makes me wonder, did they show this? intentionally in this time because of that. What do you guys think? All right, let's move on. Let's talk about another show where producers had to get involved. And this is happening literally live time. Right now it's Wednesday, August 9th. I said it. So yesterday on Tuesday, for those of you who are Big Brother fans, actually you don't even have to be a fan to to be interested in this story. There's a Big Brother um, house guest named Luke Valentine. Remember, we are week one of season 25 of Big Brother. The first episode was last Wednesday, exactly a week ago, Wednesday the 2nd. It is Wednesday the 9th right now. So we are eight days, seven days in, actually six days in, and there are live feeds constantly on TV. So um, everyone's coming into TikTok and asking like, wait, more, more, more. I didn't like the audio quality TikTok, so I'm doing it again because that's how much I care about my dosers. So... um, And also there's breaking news, which is what I'm about to share. So Luke Valentine last night is on the live feeds, meaning right now if you have Paramount Plus and I think Pluto TV, which I don't know what that is, but I I have Paramount Plus, I can go right now and watch what's happening in the Big Brother house. And they focus on certain conversations. Remember, the entire time you're on that show, whether you're carrying your mic pack on or not, you are filmed and mic'd. You have not one moment in that entire house that you will not be picked up with what you're saying. So if you are saying something, it's going to be picked up, right? It's going to be picked up. So Luke is having a conversation with three other house guests, one being an African-American male named Jared. I'm obsessed with him. The only reason I say that he's African-American is because of this conversation that they have where he basically casually, this Luke Valentine, who's white, casually drops the N-word in conversation. Like, hey, I'm not sleeping in that room, N-word, something along those lines. Oh. Now, immediately, the other house guests feel like it's a little weird. I don't see this, obviously, because I wasn't watching the live feeds. I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. But the most interesting part here is that immediately the fans went to bat. 
So there is a huge, huge community of Big Brother fans. This is a 25-season show, right? Like they have their their cult followers. And um, and so they went to town on Twitter and they were like Big Brother, CBS, Viacom, like all the companies, whatever, that Paramount, I don't even know. Um, he needs to be removed. This is out of control. The fact that he said this is not okay. Like do not, do not let him stay. You can't prove, you can't um, keep him in. It's just like a bad look. And here's the thing. CBS in that moment had an opportunity where they could have just strongly, you know, denounced the conversation and gave him some sort of like a timeout situation or whatever. What they did was right because they removed him. And I'll tell you why they, they had to do this. In this day and age, if you are such an idiot that you know that you are being recorded and mic'd and you say things that are demeaning and more than demeaning, this is not like calling someone fat, right? Disgusting, incredibly, you know, racially like racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-Semitic, anti, you know, any minority, anti-religion, like, bye. Get GTFO. Like, talk like that in your own sad apartment with no cameras. But if you're putting yourself out there on Big Brother, on a reality show, if you're going live on TikTok, if you're creating a podcast or a YouTube show and you say shit like that and then you get freaked out, wait, 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 why is everyone so sensitive? Yes, I understand that people are sensitive out there. I also understand that this is not even a conversation about whether people are being too sensitive. This is an N-O. This is a X, X. You can't, there's no, there's no um, description of why, like there's no excuse right? There's no excuse for the way Australian bosun Luke handled the situation on the boat down under. And there's absolutely no, they're both Lukes. I just thought of this. They are both Lukes. Both the perps are Lukes. Luke Valentine and Luke in down under. Damn Lukes. And so anyway, Luke is, um, Luke is speaking in, um, in a, in a situation where he absolutely can't get out of, there's no excuse for behavior like that. And I would say the same if they said something about the F word for a, a, a gay man or a, um, you know, we can think of a million words. Why do I even have to go down this list? It's not okay. Bye, Luke. Bye. Okay. I didn't like him anyway. If I really liked him, maybe I would have been a little bit more affected, but bye. So as we're speaking, they removed him. Today, so that was Tuesday night that he spoke that, and they removed him today, and they do have an episode already that's airing tonight, and it's probably already cut and ready to go, so they will be addressing it tomorrow on the live show, which is going to be insane because it's always insane. Now, another thing is people are like, well, CBS always wants us. Big Brother always wants us. They like these problematic cast members because it gets people talking. I can guarantee you right now, yes, they want big characters. You don't want a reality show filled with like boring wallflowers. No one would watch. You do want big characters, but you do not want problematic characters that are going to throw off your entire production schedule. Because yes, Julie Chen is always the host of Big Brother. There's no Big Brother without Julie Chen. Chen bot. But first, right? 
She's going to say that tomorrow, you guys, during the live feed. She's going to be like, but first, an unfortunate incident happened with Luke in the house. And we are going to talk about why he is no longer in the house after the break. Do you guys think I did a good chembot? Do you think Julie Chen and I can be stand-ins? Um, so anyway, she, uh, she, uh, and CBS removed Luke. And the problem with that is that they are so production, like mindset on a show like Big Brother, meaning the amount of weeks they have, how many people will be going home each week, what kind of tricks and surprises and unexpected stuff is happening each week? What do they expect is going to happen with this person versus this person? Exactly how many days? This throws everything off. To have to go from, you know, 16 or 17 players to 16 before an elimination is probably very, very bad for production in terms of the behind the scenes. Donna Bot activated. Hello, house guests. <laughs> you may be wondering why. I mean, right? Like she's so she's trippy. But first, um, so okay, I'm gonna stop saying it. Hello, Julie. <laughs> Hello, house guests. Hello, Julie. When they're sitting at that chair, <laughs> I, okay, I'm gonna move on. For any non-big brother fans, this is funny, um, or it isn't funny for you guys. Anyway, that's the point. He he's removed. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Let's move on to a couple other Housewives Bravo-related stories. Jeff Lewis, Mr. Jeff Lewis, my favorite chump extraordinaire, the king of all. Uh, Jeff Lewis from from Flipping Out, formerly Flipping Out, and now Hollywood House what Housewives Hollywood House Lift. He is um, he was on Watch What Happens Live yesterday with Andy Cohen. Heather McDonald was his co-host, and they it was a good show. I had a, I had a fun time watching. That's because also like Jeff can do no wrong. And every episode Jeff Lewis is on of Watch What Happens Live so far has been just so phenomenal. He's always written about in the press afterwards. He had the episode with Brandy Glanville when she threw a drink at him. He had the episode with Bethany Frankel when he and Andy Cohen just like, well, Bethany felt ambushed, but it was an amazing episode. And then he had the episode yesterday, which to be 100% honest, nothing really extraordinary happened. I felt it was kind of a low energy episode. Andy Cohen did not feel very excited or interested to be there. Um, I was not that into it, except Jeff Lewis, right? Like he can never do wrong. Jeff Lewis, um, I mean, it was fun. There was definitely some fun moments, but um, it was it was interesting. For those of you that don't know, this is like so inside baseball, but Heather – Heather McDonald and Jeff have been friends for 30 years. Heather McDonald runs the very popular community and face and uh, podcast called Juicy Scoop. Juicy Scoop, yeah. And um, and her and her like she has a big Facebook group. She has a very big su- successful career in the comedian space. She had a big falling out a couple months ago with Jeff's like bestie slash co-host Megan Weaver who's been on a bunch of his shows. So you'd recognize her if you're a fan. She basically, according to the two of them, they were in Palm Springs. It was a full day of drinking. Again, alcohol is related. And um, Megan essentially, you know, went off on Heather and said like, you're thirsty. You're always looking for the next celebrity. You're like, we don't like you. A lot of people don't like you on the show. It was a little bit mean girl behavior from Megan, like 100%. 
that being said, you know, like I, I, that was my kind of entrance into this Heather McDonald world just a few months ago. Cause I really, really did not know a lot about the whole situation, but Jeff and, and Heather's relationship definitely had a falling out and it looks like they've squashed that beef that they're friends again. They were on watch what happens live. She'll be back on his show next week. And I will say that, um, Jeff, Jeff is just so genius. He's just a genius media trained darling, right? He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's just so good. And Andy Cohen has to know that about him. Like they know each other so well. So Andy Cohen basically plays this game with Jeff saying, what's your issue with these housewives? And he brings up a bunch of different people, Teresa, Erica Jane, um, Sutton, Melissa Gorga. And then he brings up Kyle Richards. And Jeff's, Jeff says, I'm friends with Kyle. Um, so I ha- my issue is that she didn't tell me that she was a lesbian on Ozempic. <laughs> Ouch. Now, this morning on his show, he has a daily show. He said that he texted her. He hasn't heard back from her yet. I mean, in all fairness, the show aired pretty late last night, but I'm sure he heard about it. It was kind of all over. It's been picked up by TMZ. It was picked up by Daily Mail. Like, it's everywhere. So, (sighs) I mean, tomorrow the music video is out with Kyle and Morgan. Remember, I talked about this last week that Kyle uh, Richards guest stars on Morgan Wade, her rumored love interest um, in the music video as the love interest. And their their conversation or their interview about it was like, let's give them something to talk about, basically. If they're going to talk about us, let's give them something to talk about. This is for all the people out there that were, this is for the trolls, et cetera, et cetera. So we're talking about it. And, like, you can't expect us not to be interested in it, right? We're all talking about it. So interesting to me. So that happened. I also brought up earlier in my first recording of the show about Terry Dubrow, how Terry Dubrow had a TIA. It's a transient. No, I'm going to say it wrong now because I don't have the article up because I did earlier, but I will get that for you in just a moment. Basically, he was at the Ivy last week with his wife. Heather Dubrow, and he suffered a medical emergency. He basically was, uh, you know, all of a sudden wearing his mask and He was very embarrassed. He didn't want to be checked in. He didn't want any of that. And basically he um, – systemic, systemic. Thank you guys so much. A transient. So basically what they ended up finding out when they finally went over to – Cedars, which is across the street, that he had a transient ischemic attack, which is a brief stroke-like attack that occurs when the blood supply to the part of the brain is briefly interrupted. And supposedly, this is what they consider like something that really could, you know, kill a human being like very fast. It's very dangerous. It's very scary. It's common. He had a blood clot that traveled to his brain. So Heather saved his life by forcing them to go to the hospital and handle that. So I feel so. Um, you know, I'm happy that, that that's taken care of, that he's going to be okay, hopefully. So um, what else? I think that's it for today, you guys. Tomorrow my Dumois episode airs. It's going to air in the morning, early in the morning, Dumois. Um, so make sure to subscribe. I'll obviously be posting that. Join the Facebook group. My Patreon episode will come out later today. I'm probably going to be delayed because I have an eye doctor appointment that I have to get my kids. Then I'll record tonight. It will be really, really good. It will be fun like always. And um, 
lots of other exciting stuff around the corner. So thank you so much for listening to a second Daily Dose today. Those of you that already listened to one, here's the second one, but I appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you. Manana. Bye, dosers. All right, you guys. It was a shorter episode. What about Lisa Rinna's... Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.